0: courtside of the virtual hardwood it's the nlsc podcast this is episode 483 i am andrew andrew now forum andrew nlsc on twitter joining me as always my co-host derek dv3 now forum and dv3g and dv384 on twitter derek good to be talking to you as always what's new this week
1: well i'll tell you what's new andrew us connecting on sony's nba07 for PlayStation 3. And we have WizCard Rush and Cavs4872 to thank for even thinking of this. Because they showed us this nifty new way to connect on PlayStation 3 through PS Rewired. And what this is is unofficial servers that work on PlayStation products like PlayStation 3. And you used the Bulls in our one game and I use the Celtics and this isn't even the Ricky Davis Celtics this is the young Gerald Green Paul Pierce Sebastian Telfair (laughs) Celtics and uh, Delonte West is on that team Ryan Gomes is starting it is not your best Celtics team Andrew no wonder they had to shake it up and whatnot but you absolutely lit it up with Ben Gordon in that game And you also threw one of the best and most unbelievable, and when I say unbelievable, I mean it's impossible, basically. It would never happen in real life. Alley-oops that has ever happened on a basketball video game. It was a half-court alley-oop with Captain Kirk Heinrich to Malik Allen. And, yeah, that shouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, that uh, that lob, we both shared footage of that. Uh, (laughs) One of the craziest lobs that I've accidentally thrown in a basketball video game from beyond half court so I, I want to say a good 45 to 50 feet wouldn't you say
1: oh at least and the thing is is i've never seen an oop basically scrape the rafters <laughs> yeah it, I mean, it, it, I mean, that is the highest arcing oop i have ever seen
0: i mean okay 50 feet back but probably at least 30 35 feet if not more into the air in this high arc as you say amazingly didn't come down with cobwebs and snow on the ball And uh, Malik Allen just casually trotting up the court and catching it for the one handed uh, flush on the alley hoop. It was crazy. Completely accidental, but pulled it off. And it's just one of those moments in basketball gaming that's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a top 10 play in its own way. But if nothing else, it's one of those crazy moments that you enjoy for just how ridiculous it is. And the fact that it actually did work. But yes, this is a really cool initiative they've got going with PS3 Wired. As you said, unofficial servers for just a handful of games at the moment not too many basketball games uh, we were originally going to connect on nba live 09 but unfortunately they don't have uh, a server set up for that as yet uh, we'll get into that a little bit later but they do have one for sony's nba 07 as you said it basically emulates the uh, the server for online play back in the day and as people know once servers go offline in basketball games The uh, connectivity uh, is no longer there to to play online games. We have workarounds with Parsec, obviously, a remote desktop solution, which has been working so fantastically for us for a couple of years now, as we've gushed about on the podcast so many times. But uh, yeah, this is a new way to play, and uh, I hope they do bring more servers for more games because NBA 07, while it uh, was fun to revisit, is not necessarily the uh, the best game or the first choice for retro gaming. That being said, I'm definitely open to playing it again. But
1: yeah, what a fun session. So you had 37 points with Ben Gordon and was hitting everything from the outside. There was an issue on my end where, first off, the majority of the game I played without a shot meter. And then when I finally put the shot meter on, the meter would not fill up. So um, I think that was a glitch. But basically I went the entire game without hitting an outside shot. So that was incredibly tough. So what did I do, Andrew? I went to the candy man, Michael Candy. Boston Celtics legend, and I think I scored ten to twelve points on you with him in the third quarter. Little half hooks, huge dunks down low. You really didn't have an answer. No, for no. The Candyman, and playing um, Ben Wallace.
0: You know, talk about that being a great signing. Couldn't stop the Candyman.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, well, but you like you said, Ben Wallace never gave it his all with the Bulls nah, anyway, nah. which is why you didn't like him. But yeah, two interesting teams. Not the best Bulls team. Not the best Celtics team. Um, The Bulls have a little bit more. I played Gerald Green far more than Wally Zerbiak in that game because Gerald Green was giving me slashing, right? He was able to throw it down, and I had a bunch of dunks with him. But Wally, because of the shooting woes and the shooting issues I was having at the game, I, I couldn't do anything with him at all, and I couldn't shoot from the outside with Pierce either. But there was an amazing play in the second half, which I shared on Twitter, which you messaged me on Twitter, right after it happened, actually. And it was like, what a block. I blocked Tyrus Thomas right at the rim with all candy and basically trapped the ball midair and basically pushed Thomas to the floor. And then we went out, out, out on a fast break and Delante West hit a layup. NBA 07 is really rough, right? It's very limited dribble move-wise. Move the animations are often janky. There's a lot of that momentum uh, the momentum issues that kind of affect like nba live 14 15 and 16 but at the same time not a lot of the action feels canned so that's a plus plus. and it does have some awesome animations in there like that block
0: it's the proverbial when something looks good it looks pretty good and, and that block was something that really did look good and looked organic And I'm sure it felt very satisfying as well. I had a block with uh, Ben Gordon as well, but you were able to get the rebound with Paul Pierce straight away and go straight back up and throw it down. I thought that was a good play as well.
1: Yeah, I think that one of the bonuses to that game is there isn't a lot of delay when you try to do something. Meaning when you do, you know, try to do a crossover, uh, and you know, you flick the right stick, it happens immediately. Or if you want to do that second jump for a rebound or for a putback or something like that, the player goes into motion right away. If you want to pull up real quick for a jumper, um, you're not worried about a slow animation stopping you. So, which is why you were so effective with Ben Gordon, right? You were able to pull up whatever you wanted. So, um... I also kind of like the shot contest system in that game. You can hit some contested shots and whatnot. Obviously, I couldn't in that game, but I played against the computer where the meter was working and it was on on my end. And I like that system. Uh, I think the graphics and the presentation are great. Like, I don't think that they're any worse than, say, you know, NBA Live 07. Obviously, it's, you know, overall behind NBA 2K7 by a lot. From a gameplay perspective and options perspective, depth, etc. But NBA 07 is kind of a fun pick up and play. But as you noticed, it is a lot more fun head to head with another human because playing the computer in that game could sometimes put you to sleep.
0: Yeah, I, I played a game of it. Uh, I I had uh, dabbled with it before, but hadn't uh, spent as much time with it as I wanted. And that was my first really uh, deep dive into playing a game against you, and that gave me a pretty good first impression. So then I played against the uh, the CPU and realized, oh, this this game is really kind of janky in in many ways. Uh, it's a, it's a fun alternative to to live and to two K, but the best games allow you to have fun against the CPU and against another user or co op against the CPU. however you want to play? That you need to facilitate both to be a great basketball game, both single player and multiplayer and the the single player experience is definitely not up to par with the the multiplayer experience the, the the lack of depth obviously hurts there's no commentary at all so even though it has some great NBA on TNT branding and presentation in that regard there's no commentary in the game at all which uh y- you know you, you don't necessarily miss it it's still fun to, to mess around with and play head to head obviously but I do miss having that commentary there just for that uh, the extra excitement that that brings to the game. So little touches like that. It has very basic roster editing and a single-season mode. It has a pretty cool feature in the NBA replay option. Actually, kind of a forerunner to what NBA Live was later doing with uh, NBA Rewind and the dynamic season mode in NBA Live 10, where you can replay these moments and these scenarios based on the 2006 season. And there were also, when the game was uh, being actively supported, there was also new scenarios coming in each and every week that you could play through there. And there are online leaderboards and so forth, or there were back in the day. So they were doing some really cool things in that regard. And it doesn't have the life, the career mode from the uh, the PS2 version of the game, but it does have that uh, online component and that, uh, that live service content, I guess. <laughs> Early example of live service content. So they were doing some very creative things. The gameplay is is rough in parts but it is fun head-to-head uh the the single player i cannot find a, an option for uh for a broadcast camera and all the footage i've seen online is from that uh that baseline follow angle kind of like a micro angle which which i am used to but i don't prefer when i'm controlling the whole team but there is that broadcast view in uh, in online play and yeah the ps3 wide server really worked very well i mean that i had virtually no lag you had no lag uh maybe a couple of spikes here and there certainly no worse than actual 2k servers so they've done a really good job of uh, of simulating official servers for that game even though they're unofficial
1: yeah uh, i think nba07 you can do the broadcast view in one player. And we're going to have to look into that because I showed highlights of me playing one player versus the computer and using Joe Johnson and slashing and throwing it down and whatnot, including one that made the top 10 and it's in the broadcast view and I'm playing by myself. Hmm. So I, I don't know if it's not in the menus and maybe you have to hit like a certain button on the controller because that's also the way it is with Madden. So like if you play Madden 23 or whatnot, and you, you have to hit, like, down on the D-pad in order to change the camera view. And then you can change, like, the height of it or something like that by pushing up on the D-pad. So, like, yeah, maybe that's maybe the so- way I did like it. That, I, can't, yeah. I can't remember. But either way, the gameplay on NBA 07 is hurt a little bit by having no commentary. And by the silly idea to have a transition screen after every basket. Where <laughs> NBA in the zone bas- style. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so basically every time the ball goes in through the hoop, the screen goes black for a second and the players reposition on the floor. And it's, I don't understand that. I don't understand why they implemented that. Um, But yeah, that's not a good touch. So that kind of hurts the gameplay a bit. One thing I will say that I do like is the loud dunks. There was a dunk that you put down with Ben Wallace in the second half of our game and it was a two-handed monster flush, and the rim bent, and it was this incredibly loud rim sound, um, bending rim sound, and it sounded and looked awesome. That game really can surprise you sometimes with stuff like that.
0: And also interesting, the tip-off mechanics. And tip-off mechanics are one of those things that we don't really talk about that much in basketball games because they're not really that innovative with them i suppose that pretty much go with the same approach which is win the the button press and the, the timing of the button press and go into that canned i'm winning the tip animation but there's a little bit of live ball physics kind of in the tip-off where if you don't time it properly you'll both go up and you'll just swat at it and completely miss
1: yeah and i think some of that had to do with just us playing over ps rewired because when i play against the computer it usually like we're good to go on the tip Right away. Yeah. Like me me and the computer, me or the computer will get it on the first time. And um, so I think it may have to do with that, but you know, I'm just so happy with all the different ways that we can get games on our computers. And then also all the ways that we can connect on games in general, this PS rewired setup is just another Avenue where I can connect with you and the rest of the community and we can play classic basketball video games and i really am hoping that and i'm going to reach out actually to the people who work on ps rewired you know i really am hoping they get more basketball games on for that setup because how cool would it be for us to connect on nba live 09 because it doesn't work on the emulator on the rpcs3 playstation 3 emulator so that's a game where we could play you know with virtually no lag against each other and, you know, post those clips for the community and create memories, you know, on the virtual hardwood. And I think it would be great to have, you know, the other games on there like that, like NBA Live 07, you know, NBA Live 10 and whatnot. And so we have now that route with PlayStation 3 games with more to come. And then we were able to connect over Parsec and play Xbox One games in combination with the Xbox app. And then, because how great uh, of how great Parsec is, we're, we're able to connect using PlayStation Three emulators, RPCS Three, you know the uh, PCSX Two emulator for PlayStation Two, the PlayStation One emulator. We can connect on GameCube games, N sixty four if we want, Sega Dreamcast. You and I played the original NBA two K, and you had never played it before. Yeah. But because I was able to host it over Parsec, you were able to play it. And there's just an endless library of games that we can play, and it's fascinating. And I just think that this, like, the, the opportunities are endless for connecting.
0: Absolutely, and obviously, Parsec is the most flexible because it is a remote desktop app. So only the host needs to own the games and have that set up, and then broadcast that uh, to the uh, to the end user to the client. Uh, PS Rewired. Yes, it is going to need some more people to uh, to set up those servers for those other games. It would be awesome to play Live 09 uh, with uh, with that as well. I'm wondering if there's some issues simulating the EA service for that one. I know there's a lot of content that came through for for Live 9 the ESPN integration content that would also get pushed through. Maybe they've got to simulate something with that. Maybe there's something with the the protocols the game uses that are are difficult to uh, to replicate uh, unofficially. But I really hope they can get it done because the more basketball games we get on PS3 Wired, uh, the better. Of course, you do have to both own the game because it is basically simulating playing through the official servers back in the day where you would both have to have the game to play it. But obviously, there is Parsec to uh, to get around that in other ways. Unfortunately, I had a few problems with the emulator this past week. Uh, maybe the new version has pushed through some updates, but uh, unfortunately, Live 09 and 10 crashed on us.
1: Yeah, so Live 09 doesn't work well for the PS3 emulator anyway. Um, it doesn't even get past the uh, intro screen but live 10 we had never had a problem with before and it looks like the new rpcs3 update is making it crash around half time of each game i'm gonna have to mess with the settings in there and maybe revert some of the settings back and see if we can get that clean again because that was one of our favorite games to visit and we also just started playing co-op on that game against the CPU, and that was an absolute blast. And that was actually one of the problems with the NBA 07 setup online is you can only play head-to-head. So that's not a game that you and I are going to be able to take the virtual hardwood together on. Um, But NBA Live 09, like you mentioned, I do think that there could be complications and related to the number of options that are opened up by having an NBA Live 09 working server. For example, team play is one of the online options where we could play co-op, right? Yeah. So it would be great if they could get that set up, but I'm sure that complicates things as far as making PS Rewired work with NBA Live 09 and those NBA Live games in general and then i also wanted to point out because we're talking about different ways we connect on these games it's not just the emulators and it's not just like dos games like slam and jam 96 which we can connect on um we've connected on nba live uh 95 and whatnot but it's also steam games too right and i think that's really cool too because we could connect on NBA Playgrounds, um, NBA 2K10, NBA 2K11, 12, 13, and up, etc. You know, we, you and I connected and played Dunk Lords once before. And, you know, we had Andy, the creator of the game, on the NLC podcast a while back. So it's just the, the opportunities are endless there. But I love the idea of making it so we can use our physical copies. To connect right and like you said on ps rewired we both have to have the game in order to make that work and it adds something special to that connection in my opinion wouldn't you agree
0: definitely i mean it's that authenticity i mean obviously it's really cool to be able to go back and play nba live 95 either the pc version via DOSBox or the super nintendo version via the emulator but to play on original hardware and connect that way for a game that is not being supported for over a decade now yeah that, that's that's really cool and and the fact that it works so well is is again so impressive very easy to set up uh, ps3 wide just changing a couple of DNS settings in the uh, the internet settings in your ps3 and
1: and we were right to go yeah and Andrew will tell you too when we found out that we could do this on NBA 07 and we you know found out that we had a good connection him and I both were like all right Elgato time Yep. <laughs> and both of us had our Elgato HD60s hooked up and we're like, we're going to record this awesome action. And, you know, we were able to record, we were both able to record the whole game in 1080p at 60 FPS and high quality and, you know, take out the highlights we wanted and share those with the community. But when we talk about what we recommend to the community, especially, you know, the community that may want to play some of the classics, you know, it's Parsec, absolutely, you know, for those um, PC online connections and whatnot, for the, you know to be able to play emulators, you know Steam games, DOS games, games like NBA Live 2000 or 2001, etc. And then at the same time, if you have an Xbox One, download the Xbox app because. Andrew and I have used it multiple times. I've connected with other members of the community using that app as well, and it just works so awesome. And you can now play those NBA Live games, you know, NBA Live 14, 15, 16, 18, et cetera, with the community. And um, it works so awesome. You and I had an amazing game on NBA Live 15. And then – You know, and set your PlayStation 3 up for PS Rewired. You can search PS Rewired in Google and you can get the settings that you need to, you know, put into your PlayStation 3 console in order to make it work. And then you can hit the ground running playing NBA 07. You know, other, you know, recording tools, Elgato HD60. You can find good deals on those on eBay. Um, You can still get it on Amazon, I believe, etc. Great for console recording. And, you know, for PC recording, Marillis Action, it works wonders. I've been using it for eight years. Um, Andrew just started using it, um, the, you know, over the last year, and he absolutely loves it. I know that the Live King, I got him on it, and he says it works awesome. And he's been using that to record, like, NBA 2K23 and whatnot. And for editing, we both use Movavi Video Suite. And uh, I know that it can be a little bit expensive, but it is cheaper than a lot of the other editing programs out there. But at Movavi Video Suite, it's around $100 for a lifetime license, and it's just so easy to use, and we've been making all of our videos with that. But, you know, all the different ways we can connect, all the different ways that we can record, and all the different ways that we can share, it just makes basketball gaming that much better.
0: It really does. And you brought up a great point with the official servers as well, because obviously we have made use of those when we connected to play NBA 2K Playgrounds 2. That was probably the best way to do it because you were able to use the players that you'd unlocked. You've unlocked more players than I had. If I was hosting on Parsec, you would have been restricted to the players that I'd unlocked. Of course, if you were hosting, then I would have been able to use all the ones that you've unlocked. But because we were connecting through the official servers, we were both able to use the players that we'd unlocked. You weren't restricted in any way. It worked really well, which is what you want. You want the the official servers to have that uh, robust online experience. And this is why Fix Your Servers, Ronnie2k, has become such a meme. Some of the problems with the NBA2k servers over the years, despite being a multi-billion dollar company, just putting it out there, before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. You look at the ways that we do connect, and those are some great ways, obviously, you know, you look at the connected experiences in my career it's now handled by the hub world of the city or the neighborhood still in the uh, the goat boat as it is in uh, nba 2k 23 last gen and pc and that works and yes it's this cool looking environment to explore but you go in there derek i know you don't and rightfully so i don't do it myself anymore but you go into those worlds and you see a lot of people just standing around not wanting to play because there's so much toxicity in the scene, there's this whole, oh, this person's not dressed the right way, this person doesn't have enough, uh, I don't like the look of them, I don't like the look of their uh, their record, they haven't played enough for my liking. Maybe, they, maybe they're very experienced, but they haven't played enough that year and it doesn't show past years experience. This is the problem with resetting experience and uh, records each and every year. But there's just so many people standing around in those environments, not wanting to play with each other. So it kind of defeats the purpose really, so it's it's really nice to have these direct connections and, and play with a friend because playing with randoms online and playing with and against randoms online is pretty toxic, as I've said so many times before, and it, the, it's got this really cool environment. Admittedly, it has a lot of problems. Uh, this is going out on Tuesday. Uh, yesterday's Monday tip-off is all about the identity crisis of open worlds in NBA 2K. There are so many problems with them, and but it, it's a shame because it is a viable way to connect and to do so in a, a creative environment, but when it comes down to it, I don't think you can really beat playing with uh, with friends. And, and look what uh, King J. Mace is doing with the uh, with the ESL, with with people who, who just want to play the right way and compete. And that's facilitated by Parsec.
1: Can you imagine turning on a game and almost feeling forced to turn on the game too? Right? Like I yeah. feel like the, yeah. a lot of the two K player base now just feels forced to put it on to either grind, um, whether it be in my team or you know for park or etc. Can you imagine turning on a game knowing that you are probably not going to have fun in the mode that you're entering and then at the same time wasting time by just standing around and not actually playing the game because you're worried about who you're going to play with or you're worried about how they're going to act when you play with them or you're worried about the toxicity of your opponents? That's not fun. I mean, that's I, not funny I don't have that's to imagine. I, I know this. it. <laughs> I don't even have to yeah, imagine. You yeah, you know it. Like, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, there's this big debate going on right now. You probably saw it between, you know, hashtag SimNation and left right cheesers. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing all of these tweets from, you know, One of the people from Sim Nation showed highlights of them, you know, playing against other online gamers and they're doing like step backs and they're doing spinning fadeaways and they're doing up and unders and stuff. And he says, you know, I'm not worried about the way other people play, but, you know, this is the way I enjoy playing. And I wanted to show off some of my moves. That's basically what he was doing. And then. All of a sudden, a bunch of people are quote tweeting him and saying, um, th- "Yeah, this would never work in the online scene." Um, there's a left-right, t- left-right cheesing or left-right in general actually takes more skill. And yeah. in the comp scene, yeah, in the comp scene, in the competitive scene, you got it, it, it's actually harder to you know to win. And you have to do like the left, right cheese and be good at it. And it takes more skill to do that in order to win. It is the most ridiculous online conversations about a basketball video game, about any sports video game that I have ever seen. First off, if the competitive scene from all these tweets I'm seeing, if the competitive scene is really turned into who can left, right cheese the best, then the game is has fallen apart.
0: Yeah, that's not Online. basketball. That's Like basketball. the
1: gameplay. That's not basketball. It's absolutely ridiculous. Because the way the other guy is playing, you know, actually trying to create separation, um, doing spin moves, using variety in his attack, all of that stuff, that's really the way, uh, you know, you should be able to play in a competitive scene, right? That should separate yourself from uh, a lot of the pack and make you, you know, better in that game. But apparently... Going by all of the quote tweets and what, everything that I'm seeing and hearing in relation to how the online gameplay scene works, the quote-unquote comp scene, um, the left-right cheese is king, and apparently there's levels to left-right cheese. Like I'm better at left-right cheesing than you, and it's like, is this really what basketball video gaming has turned into? I am so glad that I st- that I stay away from the BS online scene i just it, it it looks ridiculous to me
0: i have absolutely no desire to get back into it which is a shame because it was fun to play with the guys and for the first month or so of playing we, we, we tried we tried getting back into it in 2k 23 and for the first month or so it was pretty good then everybody worked out the meta everybody worked out which animations to cheese and i just don't see that as skillful because you're just repeating these uh, repetitive inputs that you know are going to trigger these canned scenarios. That's not really skill. It's not like a, a Rocket League where you are.
1: Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. It looks ridiculous. I've watched oh, so does, NBA yeah. TV is on all the time, and you know at my house and the 2K League is constantly on. Like they like there are long sessions on NBA TV. Uh, you know, displaying the 2K league, whether they're doing tournaments or it's during the season or something like that, whatever it is. And I watch and I'm like, this action looks absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't even look anything like real basketball. No. And do you have any idea how many times, even in the 2K league, where I see somebody get the defender on the first move and all they have to do is drive to the hoop and score. And instead they do like four or five more side to sides. It's like, What is this? Like, that's first off, that's not smart basketball. That is absolutely ridiculous. Second off, like, how do you have fun playing this way? Like, it doesn't resemble the real sport. Like, I'm not, and I'm not trying to knock on anybody that plays in the 2K league. Like, I'm sure they're having fun and they're really happy to be a part of it and everything. But from like a basketball standpoint, I I have to be honest with you. I just think the action looks ridiculous.
0: It does. It's not basketball once again. And, it, it, it's like you've said before. It's it's like playing a fighting game. You're, you're basically reducing basketball gaming to every other competitive game out there. Uh, the the meta gaming of the boosts and the build and the which animations and how to trigger those animations and and trigger canned moments on cue. It's not like a Rocket League where you, where you are in complete control of your rocket car, which is essentially the player character in that scenario, that you have complete control over the movement and the way you're twisting and flying through the air and, and hitting the ball and making use of all those physics of the, the ball and the cars. You don't have that in NBA 2K because there are so many canned moments and canned animations. So it really isn't as skillful. And they talk about the skill gaps and everything else. It really isn't as skillful as, as trying to play real basketball for a start in the uh, in a sim game. It's not even as skillful as other online games and they're trying to bring that scene not, not to mention all the uh, mmorpg elements that they're putting into my career and the quests and everything so it's really gone off the rails so i'm grateful that we have these other ways to connect on uh, frankly better more enjoyable basketball games
1: and there are a lot of them yeah from the past i gotta be completely honest um the other point i wanted to make with connecting because we've had a lot of questions on this is you know what controls work when you're playing over parsec to use emulators and and steam games and you know what controls work when you know you're using parsec in combination with the xbox app and, and you know in order to play xbox one and as andrew and i have discovered and i've actually connected now with over 70 people on parsec which is a lot what we've discovered is that really xbox one Wired, Xbox One wireless, Xbox 360 wired, you know, like the Rock Candy controllers or just like a standard, um, you know, Microsoft Xbox 360 wired controller. Um, PlayStation 4 controllers, uh, you know, PlayStation 3 controllers, as long as you have the, the software installed on your computer for them, those to work right. PlayStation 5 controllers, you know, via like Bluetooth and whatnot, as long as you have the appropriate software installed for those and even like Xbox Series X and S controllers, as long as they're installed on your computer appropriately, you can use those. Really, um, the opportunities are endless as far as what controllers you use over Parsec. And, you know, as the, as the client. And for me, I use an Xbox One wireless controller. I have a USB transmitter, Andrew, that um, plugs in, as you know. And um, I use an Xbox One wireless controller on 100% of my games and it always works when i'm the client on parsec obviously it works when i'm the host because i'm hosting off of my pc but I, I i want the community to understand that you know if you have an xbox controller or a playstation controller and you're going to be the client on parsec it can work with that application
0: Yeah, you can use pretty much any dual analog controller. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, PC-specific solutions as well. I do use a uh, Logitech uh, F710, a controller that has been in the news lately for dubious reasons, uh, which we won't get into. But that's worked very well for me. I enjoy that for retro gaming as well because it has a switch on the top between uh, X input and D input. D input is the old protocol that uh, older games use that you can switch over to that and it will recognize all of the buttons, all of the triggers, including the back uh, triggers or the shoulder buttons, whatever you want to call them. Uh, So it's good for that. But yeah, it's so easy to connect those other controllers as well that were originally designed for consoles, either wirelessly with those solutions that you mentioned or through a wired uh, connection as well there are obviously wired uh, PC controllers PC specific controllers Logitech and otherwise as well so and then and they're all recognized and just immediately install themselves and are recognized over parsec so yeah it, it's really easy to get into this stuff
1: yeah and also i wanted to point out a lot of people have been asking me recently you know how do you get NBA 2K11 on PC because people are Having trouble finding it, right? They removed the download option off of Amazon where you used to be able to purchase NBA 2K11 PC on Amazon and then they would send you the download and the key to get in, et cetera. And that's how I ended up getting NBA 2K11. Listen, do yourself a favor. And if you don't have a CD drive, go on Amazon, search um, USB external cd optical drive and what you'll do what you'll find is external um usb cd drives that will enable you now to purchase the cd version of nba 2k 11 or some of these other past titles you know that you know you can't find a download link for you know for example for nba live 99 i use that usb external cd drive and it just works Awesome. That drive is usually $20 or under, so it's not an expensive investment either. And then these games, Andrew, NBA 2K11, you can pick it up for a few bucks on eBay, the CD version, Um, sometimes with free shipping. So uh, these games are not expensive. It's not expensive to get into retro gaming. You know, for the PC versions, uh, you know, I know a lot of new computers don't have CD drives. Definitely get that USB external. It's vital. I mean, I
0: do have... Uh, when, when I got my PC built a few years back, I did get a DVD drive uh, put into it knowing that I would be uh, retro gaming. But yes, you can certainly use a USB uh, optical drive as well. As you said, not very expensive, uh, they, they have great speeds on them these days. Connect to a USB 3.0 slot, which most modern PCs have got plenty of USB 3.0 uh, slots there, and uh, it will work just fine. There are some workarounds that you can get them working without uh, without drives. need to look into some more of those for some of the older lives so that I can uh, help you not have to uh, plug that in. But obviously, when you do need to plug that in, it is no trouble at all. And as you said, it's not expensive to get most uh, retro games. There are some that are rare collectibles. Some of the college games, for example, are a bit more expensive. I, I keep looking for an inbox box uh, Lakers versus Celtics, actually, Derek. Uh, haven't, found a, uh, haven't found a steal of a deal like, uh, like you found, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, still always have, always have a bit of a look at for that because that is a, a cool collectible to have. But for the most part, the common games, your 2Ks, your lives, uh, not, not difficult to find and not expensive
1: right for lakers versus celtics my recommendation is to go onto ebay and when one pops up you can bid on it because normally those aren't by now they want to do like some sort of bidding war yeah uh, but my situation where i i got it for a real for a steal i think it was like 20 bucks something like that um it was one of those ones where nobody was bidding on it and i put a bid in and boom i got it for that cheap price so hopefully one of those pops up for you i still haven't sent you my copy of that game and i apologize about that i need to do that i need to get around to doing it i got to make a trip to the post office um but yeah we wanted to you know highlight how we've been connecting on these different games and give you guys some tips related to you know how to connect what programs you need and then also you know what we use to record and edit because Recording and editing is a big part of what we do, and that's been a lot of fun recently.
0: It really has enhanced uh, my experience, as I know it has yours, to uh, to share what we've been doing and share that, those highlights uh, on our YouTube channel, obviously, and also on uh, on social media as well. And of course, speaking of resources, you put together a comprehensive uh, video tutorial on how to use Parsec, how to set it up and get games working on that. So you can check that out on the uh, on our YouTube channel as well. But yeah, we will continue to put together those resources and, of course, share what we're doing because we're just having so much fun connecting and playing on a a variety of games. Uh, We we do have our favorites, obviously, Derek, and hopefully we can get Live 10 working. I'm sure it's just a case of a few settings or maybe the next uh, update for the emulator. But yeah, how fun has it been? As we've said so many times, how fun has it been uh, doing this over the past couple of years and connecting with a friend on the opposite side of the world? Again, so mind-blowing.
1: It never gets old. And without parsec uh, without the resources that we have um, I'd still be only playing with my two brothers and by the way that's a blast like we just got done playing three games of our NBA 2K19 season my brothers and I are playing every single day on different basketball video games and whatnot but it is nice to be able to also connect with people from around the world on some of my favorite games and on some of my not favorite games, like NBA Live 07, mm. when, you know, for 360, when you and I had that connection. Sometimes it's fun to have an, a laugh at the expense of the game. Definitely. Let's be Definitely. completely honest. You know, those experiences are always going to be better with another human. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, I met somebody like you who loves. classics who loves all these different basketball video games and in, you know, games that you haven't played a lot or you haven't tried before, you're all over it. You're like, yeah, let's play it because you just want to, you, you, you just love the experience. And the same with a guy like Stildo, you know, Stildo 33, him and I have become really good friends. We just actually talked today and, You know, we had our 94 95 season on NBA 2K 19, but he's also played a bunch of games with me on NBA Jam on Fire Edition. And we also connected and played NBA Live 10. And we've played Lakers versus Celtics together, the game that we just talked about. So the NLSC community is awesome. And what we're finding out through, you know, the submissions for the top 10 plays of the week, from the conversations going on on the Discord, from the conversations that go on on the forum, is there's actually a lot of people out there that are like you and I and really enjoy these classics and really enjoy connecting on them. So I love to see it. And it
0: really is building that community aspect with people connecting not just you hosting as you were in, in the start you were hosting a lot of sessions but now through the discord people are connecting with each other and that's awesome to see so it really is building that community that you would expect to see from the again the open world uh, approach of the city and the neighborhood is supposed to be promoting that but it's, it's doing a little more than promoting toxicity whereas these initiatives i think are this is what uh, playing with each other, playing basketball games with each other is all about. And it's, uh, it's awesome. We're going to continue to promote that. We're going to put together more resources and, and share what we're doing. And uh, yeah, looking forward to more sessions.
1: Yep, it's going to be an awesome finish to 2023. And it's only going to continue moving forward.
0: But obviously, Derek, we connected on NBA 07 this week. That game has some funky mechanics. It can be fun, but it definitely has some funky mechanics. And uh, that brings us to this week's mailbag. So let us indeed open up the mailbag. To the mailman. He's What an unbelievable dunk.
1: So I asked the community, what are some of the worst mechanics that you have seen in basketball video game history? And like you stated, the NBA O seven session is what made me think of asking the community this question because of that absolutely ridiculous Kirk Heinrich lob from half court that scraped the rafters, came down, and then Malik Allen caught it one-handed and threw it down. The alley-oop mechanics at NBA 07 are really, really poor. And so we've already discussed this topic on a prior show. And so why don't we get to the community responses?
0: Well, first up we have Dayday says, uh, lobs in 2K23. Nobody trying to time that BS, LOL. And I know you've warmed up to it because of the multiplayer aspect that it gives the receiver something to do. But I do think that is still a very problematic mechanic. I'm not a fan of it myself.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people this year still have issues with it. And they think that it's silly and like an implementation that shouldn't have happened. And it sounds like he's one of those people. Um, I uploaded footage recently of me playing NBA 2K23 PC on you know my team. And you can see a bunch of lobs, contact lobs and otherwise in that video. And I have no issues at all timing it myself. I think they made it a lot easier to time on next gen and on last gen Um, in 2K23 in comparison to 2K22. uh, My brother and I have grown to actually like the mechanic overall. It makes us feel more involved in the play. However, I definitely don't think that it was a necessary implementation. I don't think it really truly improves the idea of skill gap and I, I definitely don't think it always works right.
0: It definitely does feel a bit easier in 2K23. That being said, I definitely prefer the alley-oops in 2K14, especially when you can pull off things like you did in the top 10 this past week.
1: Oh, yeah. that. So when that alley-oop happened in the game, both in, in NBA 2K14 for Xbox One, both my brother and I at the same time said, holy, you know, and it's Magic Johnson throwing the oop right off of the inbounds pass to Jordan, who does a ridiculous back slam where his head is at the rim and his tongue is out and he throws it down really hard. The alley-oops in NBA 2K14 are some of the best in basketball video game history, with NBA Live 06 being right up there as well. I think you would agree. NBA Live 06 for PC Mm. and PS2 and whatnot, those alley-oops work incredibly well. Even on 360 as well. I'd say. Yeah, even on 360, we were doing that as well. The detection zone makes sense. You can throw it to players on the move and they go up as they should and whatnot. And there's definitely a lot of good, fun variety in the way that they finish. But yeah, NBA 07, not great. And then NBA 2K22 and NBA 2K23, once they've, you know, once they implemented the alley oop dunk meter um yeah that hasn't been a big hit with the uh with the consumer base.
0: you also showed me an incredible 360 alley-oop in 2k14 pc
1: yeah so i've played nba 2k14 for the pc for thousands upon thousands of hours i've finished multiple seasons 12 minute quarters 82 game seasons etc that is a alley-oop animation that i had never seen before on this game and It may be in the upcoming top 10. There's a lot of highlights that I have backlogged, so I'm not sure yet. But it's actually, um, I'm using the 86-87 Blazers, which were modded in to the game. And I throw an alley-oop from Kiki Vandewey to Clyde Drexler. And he catches the ball and like does almost like a one eighty and then switches hands in the air and does this reach to the hoop and throws it down. And it looks absolutely awesome. And I put some audio to it and it's actually Hubie, Hubie Brown on the call. And it's just really cool to play a game for thousands upon thousands of hours and still see new animations. It really is fun
0: when that, uh, when you, when that surprises you like that. And that was an incredible play. Looking forward to seeing that in the top 10, uh, Just a bit of a teaser there. Next up, we have Vin Ricciatelli says, jump shots in NBA Live 06. And of course, jump shots back then didn't have any, uh, in live anyway, didn't have uh, shot meters, didn't have the timing, didn't have green releases. Uh, I've never really had too much of a problem with jump shots in Live 06, but I can also see... The, uh, the possible complaint there because you do have that imprecise perfect release point no visual cues etc no meters which a lot of people do like and i've played with them as well so yeah I, I can see where he's coming from
1: i like the shooting in nba live 06 um but yeah i can see where he's coming from as well but i really enjoy the shooting overall in live 06 i actually enjoy it better than i do in nba 2k 23 why because there's normal timing in it and you feel like you can shoot it at the top of your jump and it you know it just feels better in nba 2k 23 they only they release the game with only late or early timing i don't think the shooting ever feels right on that game so yeah i actually prefer the shooting in live 06 over nba 2k 23
0: shooting in live 07 for 360 was notably bad. I will definitely say that. That it's. There's I don't a... even
1: want to talk about that. You yeah. can see it from when you first enter the hangar when you're using Mac and the shots look like they're in 10 FPS. I swear, those animations look so weird and awkward, and the shooting never really feels great because of the weird animations. It's it's just an what a weird game. And the yeah. Alive O seven for the 360 is probably their worst game ever.
0: There, there is such a small window to actually get a, a proper looking animation that has a, a good chance of success, yeah. A uh, lot of problems across the board, as we've talked about before. So next up, we have Roger Ward, one of the Live-01 legends, of course, says, Based on what I've played lately, the CPU destroys you on the offensive boards in 2K14, despite all attempts at box-outs. In 2K19, 80-90% of steal attempts end up being a foul. 14 is much better in that aspect. Live-04's hopstep mechanic is a cheat code, and almost unstoppable. And yeah, the the hop step in uh, Live 2004, they forgot to add a slider for effectiveness. They did bring that in in 2005, so it, <laughs> you could definitely abuse that in Live 2004. The the press steal to foul is uh, a problem that's plagued a, a number of games. And, and yeah, the, the CPU just cheesing on, on the offensive glass is uh, is also rec- a recurring issue in a few games that uh, that uh, I, I can I can relate to that annoyance,
1: Derek. So first, I want to talk about NBA Live 2004's hop step. When in doubt, hop-step. If you're at the three-point line and you can't get by your guy, but you want to shoot a mid-range shot, hop-step. And you will push by your guy and you'll get a mid-range shot. Even better, if you never want to get blocked, do the hop-step and then go into a fadeaway. And if you're using a good shooter, he'll hit it the good majority of the time. If you're in the mid-range when you catch the ball and you can't get by your guy, Um, or you just want to get to the hoop automatically, use the hop step. So that is one of the things about NBA Live 2004. I agree. That's definitely incredibly overpowering. Um, It feels like you almost have to use the hop step on every possession in order to get close to the hoop, um, especially when you're playing on the higher difficulties. I also want to touch on NBA 2K14's rebounding. My brother and I agree. We've been playing it a ton lately. You know that. NBA 2K14 for the PC, it's a little bit better for PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. But NBA 2K14 for Xbox One and PS4, the biggest weakness we believe in that game is the rebounding. There's so many times where you will time your jump correctly for a rebound and the ball will just bounce off of the player's hands and it will end up in the computer's hands. There's so many times where you'll jump properly and instead of your player grabbing the ball, the ball will just fall and hit its body. Like your player's hand won't adjust to where the ball is falling. And we the over the offensive rebounding is incredibly overpowering. Sometimes four, five six offensive rebounds on the same possession even though you're doing everything that you're supposed to including boxing out and jumping appropriately the computer just keeps getting it back so we love nba 2k14 we're 16 games into our season on it and it has so many awesome mechanics but the rebounding is probably the game's biggest weakness so i can definitely see where he's coming from there
0: and of course nate and roger know all about uh wonky rebound mechanics live 2001 and live 2002 the amount of flat-footed rebounds that you have to go for jumping to get the the board is actually the uh, the kiss of death of the battle of the boards in those games
1: that's never good right no like if you have to run to the ball and you're discouraged from jumping that in a basketball video game that means it's it's a poor implementation
0: and finally, we have a couple of responses about uh, free-throw mechanics, also another recurring issue through the years. First up, we have Gilbert's Grape says, uh, free-throw mechanics in NBA 2K5. How could they mess up something that's so simple and make it seem like it requires a doctorate in rocket science? And, and that is the big frustration in games uh, of that vintage, that there were some games that, as, as, as cool as it was to have so many titles on the market, as we've said so many times before, some of them tried to reinvent the wheel with things like free throw shooting and we saw some really weird mechanics and those early 2k games have some very strange free throw mechanics.
1: I shared on Twitter, I think it was a month ago, me shooting free throws with Allen Iverson on ESPN NBA 2k5. And that actually that got, that tweet got a lot of views and a lot of interactions and whatnot. And people were remembering how much they hated that free throw system. And it's this weird thing where, um, NBA 2K in the early 2000s just early in mid 2000s just could not get their free throw mechanics right. They had the green arrows in like NBA 2K, NBA 2K1 and NBA 2K22 which was absolutely ridiculous and you found yourself like fighting your controller on every free throw where you're using the bumpers and you can't get the green arrows centered. One is always to the left or the right and you're just like screw it and you just like decide to miss it on purpose. And that was you actually when you and I connected. Yeah. You were like I this you're like get this rebound. is ridiculous. <laughs> so you just start and missing the free throws on purpose and not even trying so um, yeah NBA Live was doing better quite a bit better with free throw mechanics in the early 2000s and mid 2000s because they had the t-meter and the t-meter makes perfect sense it can still be challenging at times if you're at the line with somebody like Shaq and everything and you're playing on the higher levels but yeah the t-meter works way better than those 2k mechanics
0: And to that point, we head over to the NLSC Discord, where Juicy Shackmeet says, when I tried the earliest NBA 2K games, the free throw shooting frustrated me immensely. For the original 2K until 2K3, we had to aim the wobbly left and right green arrows to the ring before pressing the shoot button, as you mentioned, and then says it got worse somehow for 2K4 and 2K5 by catching a moving ball before pressing shoot. And there were other people in the Discord uh, agreeing with that, and I certainly do as well, uh, for, for the reasons we just outlined.
1: I would still actually take those mechanics, though, from the early mid-2002Ks over NBA Inside Drive. I was going to say, yeah. 2003 with that ridiculous system of trying to stop the ball in two different spots really fast. It's, like I said, my brother and I have played, what, 40 games on our Legend season on Inside Drive 2003. And I think we're shooting like 40% from the free throw line and we just haven't been able to adjust to that mechanic so uh, i would somehow still take those early mid-2000s 2k free throw mechanics over inside drive
0: again as cool as it was to have all these games on the market and we we definitely do miss that some of them would just again try to reinvent the wheel and change these very basic mechanics and and try to be innovative where i mean normally you you wouldn't uh, discourage innovation but no what live has already established a, a great uh method and even games that had a very simple method like the like a, a phantom a rim that went back and forth or up and down across the backboard and you just had to stop it in the right place even that was better than some of the uh, complex and contrived solutions they had but yeah I'm, I'm glad that both live and 2k ended up going with the uh, with, with the timing i think that works uh, in lieu of the t-meter and some of those other earlier solutions timing the release is uh, like a jump shot is is sufficient
1: no absolutely and thank you for the community again for participating in the mailbag next week i will have a trivia for you related to ratings in one of the classic basketball video games but yeah thank you for always you know taking part in the mailbag in the nlsc top 10 commenting on our various youtube videos and our you know our social media posts whether it be on twitter etc so yeah the community is awesome andrew
0: absolutely with that being said that has brought us to the end of this week's show As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, dot livecom our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So, Derek, go ahead and plug the handles.
1: Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at d43g and at d4384. I'm also on YouTube, d43, and on the NLSC, d43.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew NLSC and find me on the NLSC. I am Andrew, very creatively named, I know. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash MBA Live Series Center. And of course give a look to the NLSC itself, MB Live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.